0: Hello everybody, welcome to the Starting with Scripture podcast. Ron here, I am your host and Bible teacher. This podcast episode is entitled, Forgiving Others. Forgiveness is a frequently mentioned topic and frequently discussed topic in the modern church. And well it should be because it is an important part of the Christian faith. Absolutely is, forgiveness is an important part of the Christian faith. During this lesson, I will discuss what scripture says about forgiving other people as well as how forgiving other people relates to how God forgives us. In the modern church, the teaching about forgiving others is often, not always, but often based upon what we call the Lord's Prayer. Now, the Lord's Prayer is found in Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 to 14 that's the gospel of Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 to 14 and it reads pray then in this way our father in heaven hallowed be thy name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your father forgive your trespasses this is jesus of course uh, talking and teaching this passage is commonly interpreted to mean that unless we forgive everyone else for all the sins they committed against us god isn't going to forgive us our sins at all now let's hold this common interpretation to the light of scripture to determine whether it is true or not to determine if this teaching is true we will start with an interpretive lesson from the Lord Jesus himself in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke there's a dialogue between Jesus and the devil now this dialogue happened while the devil was tempting Jesus And I'm just going to give an excerpt from it. It's from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. That is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, verses 9 to 12. Then the devil led him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you, and, on their hands, they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him. It is said, "Do not put the Lord your God to the test." So, what's happening here? What what happened in this uh, verbal exchange between the devil and Jesus? Well, uh, first of all, the devil is quoting from Psalm 91, 11 and 12. So he's saying, for it is written, the devil said, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to protect you. So that is Psalm ninety-one, eleven, And then the devil says, and, and then he quotes again, verse 12. On their hands, they will bear you up. So that you will not dash your foot against a stone. So he quoted uh, that two verse passage there. Now Jesus countered what the devil said by quoting part of Deuteronomy six sixteen. So when Jesus said, "It is said," and this is in verse twelve of Luke uh, chapter four verse. Um, Verse 12. Yeah, verse 12 of Luke chapter 4. Jesus answered him and said, It is is said, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Uh, Do not put the Lord your God to the test is in quotes there. And that is a direct quote of Deuteronomy 6.16. So Jesus is by no means challenging the validity of the verses from Psalm 91, 11, and 12 that the devil used. Jesus is rather challenging the devil's interpretation, and application. And no doubt, given the uh, character of the devil, it was an intentional misinterpretation and an intentional misapplication. Jesus makes his challenge by quoting another scripture. Jesus' quote of Deuteronomy 6.16 limits the devil's attempted use of Psalm 91, 11, and 12. Let me read that again for emphasis. Jesus' quote of Deuteronomy 6.16 limits the devil's attempted use of Psalm 91, 11 and 12. And this is the interpretive lesson. Scripture can limit the interpretation and application of Scripture. The devil, through his misuse of Scripture, tried to convince Jesus to jump to his death from the pinnacle of the temple jesus essentially told him he was taking the passage too far or at least that was implied and proved it with another verse when we interpret scripture we must be sure that our interpretations fit not only the context of the passage under consideration but the context of the full bible as well we cannot come up with create or otherwise contrive or even teach other interpretations that don't fit with the overall context of the bible it's not uh, it's not how it's supposed to be done and it's actually a dangerous practice too often people will look at a uh, a certain passage they'll interpret it the way that it seems best to them or the way that it fits what they already believe and don't consider that particular topic, as it is discussed in other parts of the scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New. That's a poor interpretive practice. You have to look at the local context of the book uh, of the passage, etc, etc. And then you also have to look at the rest of Scripture to see how it matches up. And that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was showing the devil's interpretive error. Let's apply this lesson to our original passage in Matthew 6. I'm just going to read 14 and 15 from 6 and not the whole Lord's Prayer. It reads, For if you forgive others their trespasses or sins in some interpretations, your Heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses or sins. It seems like it could mean that if we don't forgive every sin that others have committed against us, God will not forgive us. Some teach that we are required to forgive others even when they do not repent from their sins. Let's look at other biblical verses to shed light on this passage. Acts 2.38 It reads, Peter said to them, that's Peter the Apostle, Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, so that your sins may be forgiven, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 3.19 Repent, therefore, and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. Acts 5.31 God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. These are just a few of the many verses that teach us that God's forgiveness for us only comes with our repentance. Forgiveness of sins and repentance are linked together over and over and over in Scripture. This means that God only forgives us when we turn away from our sins. God does not forgive us unless we repent or turn away from our sins. This teaching is consistent throughout scripture. I'll be back in a moment. Hello, everybody, and welcome back from the break. I just want to quickly review a point that I made uh, before the break, and that is uh, the point that is rooted in the three verses that I read. And it's simply that repentance and forgiveness are tied together in God's eyes. Repentance and forgiveness are tied together in God's word. God only forgives us when we turn away from our sins. God does not forgive us unless we repent or turn away from our sins. This teaching is consistent throughout Scripture. wanted to quickly review that point before I read some other Scriptures here related to forgiveness. The next one is found in Ephesians 4.32. That's Ephesians 4.32. And it reads, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ has forgiven you, as God in Christ has forgiven you, Colossians 3:13, same idea is there. Bear with one another, and if anyone has complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. These two verses, uh, both penned by the Apostle Paul clearly teach us that we are to forgive in the same way that God forgives us. Our forgiveness, our uh, forgiveness dynamics, if you will, um, it's not any different. This means that we are to forgive people when they repent, just like God forgives people when they repent. Our obligation to forgive others depends upon them repenting. I realize some of you have been taught that we are commanded to forgive other people even if they don't repent. In other words, if they don't change their ways, if they don't say they're sorry, if they don't try to stop their uh, sinning, if they don't try to make amends, we're supposed to forgive them anyway. We're commanded to forgive them anyway. That's a common teaching. That teaching is false and is not supported by Scripture. Jesus said as much himself... In the Gospel of Luke, chapter 17, Jesus' words in Luke 17, verses 3 and 4 read, Be on your guard. If a brother or sister sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you seven times a day and turns back to you seven times a day, saying, I repent, you must forgive. In this passage, Jesus teaches that we are only required to forgive people when they repent. Now, notice the pattern is consistent with the verses I read before the break and then reviewed just after the break, and that is repentance and forgiveness are tied together. Jesus' words again, If a brother or sister sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive. It's conditional. There's nothing in the text, there's nothing in any biblical text, that commands us that we have to forgive everybody for all the sins they've ever committed against us. It's not there. Many read the verses in Matthew 6 and conclude that unless we forgive everyone, whether they have repented or not, God will not forgive us. Worse yet, many Bible teachers teach that we are required to forgive others even when the offending sinners haven't said they're sorry and turned away from their sins again this teaching is error it is heretical scripture requires Christians to have forgiving spirits yes absolutely that's a that's a different lesson it's true but I'm not going to take the time to use scripture to prove that so we are to have forgiving spirits Scripture also teaches us to release bitterness. Absolutely true, different passages of Scripture tell us to release bitterness. But it does not require, that is Scripture does not require Christians to forgive unless others repent. It simply does not. I realize that some of you have been taught that we are required to uh, forgive everyone. This teaching simply does not agree with correct biblical teaching. If the person has sinned against us, comes and repents, then we are obligated to forgive him. Let me, let me emphasize that again. If the person that has sinned against us comes to us and repents, then we are obligated to forgive him. That's what scripture says. We are not obligated to forgive in any other situation. God doesn't forgive people that uh, don't repent. And he doesn't expect us to forgive people that have not repented. He simply doesn't. We can extend grace. We can have uh, forgiving spirits. We can bear with them, as scripture says. But it doesn't mean that we forgive them and restore um, the full relationship that we had before. There's no commandment to do so. Church leaders and teachers that teach that we are to forgive everyone no matter what, are not interpreting scripture correctly. Worse yet, church leaders and teachers that teach we are required to forgive everyone no matter what are creating a toxic relational church environment. I'm going to say that again for emphasis. Church leaders and teachers that teach that we are to re- that we are required to forgive everyone no matter what are creating a toxic relational church environment in churches that teach this required universal interpersonal forgiveness that's a long name I'm giving it they create an impossible to reach standard some people are taught that they must forgive everyone they quit the faith because they can't do it it's an extremely difficult and often impossible standard to forgive people that haven't changed their ways and haven't said they're sorry, and haven't made amends. In other words, they haven't repented. It's an extremely difficult thing to do. It's hard enough sometimes when they do repent. And it's not a standard that God even holds for Himself. God doesn't forgive people who haven't repented. That's not that's not the principle He teaches. It's not what's in His Word. And He doesn't expect us to do it either. Furthermore, in a church setting, when this universal forgiveness is required in a congregation, in other words, um, within a congregation, everybody's taught and expected to forgive people, whether or not they stop their sinful ways, whether or not they repent. In these situations, when this universal forgiveness is required in a congregation, it becomes an abuser's paradise because the abused people that the abusers hurt are required to forgive them no matter what. So you've got abusers, you've got abusive people, and and guess what? Not everybody who uh, sits in Sunday service is is actually a Christian, and even uh, Christians there are sinners. We're all sinners. So you get abusive people in congregations, and some of them are wolves in sheep's clothing, Well, you have a congregation where everybody's required to forgive um, abusers. It's an abuser's paradise because the burden is then on the person who's hurt, and there's no burden put on the person to repent because they don't need to, because they get their uh, forgiveness cheap and easy. And by the way, not in accordance with Scripture. I encourage everyone to look at what Scripture actually says regarding forgiving others. Correct teaching and correct church practice start with Scripture. Now regarding the, uh, the passage that I read initially from the Lord's Prayer, um, I want to I get back to that and make a comment or two. I'm just going to read uh, verses 14 and 15 again from the Lord's Prayer, and this will be found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Again, as I said before, we have to look at this passage and all passages in light of other scriptures. And also here it is it is assumed that there's repentance involved because repentance and forgiveness have been linked together so many times this is um this is just a general principle here. it's not that the Holy Spirit forgot to write about it. It's not that the author of this particular gospel forgot to write about it it's just forgiveness and repentance went together in in that society in that time it was it was understood and again we have to look at not only this local context and at this time in that setting most people would have understood that repentance was part of it and if you look at other texts in the scripture and if you study other scriptures repentance and forgiveness go together So it's a mistake to take a few verses from their local context and from the overall biblical context and think that you have the answer or think that you have the right teaching. That is uh, lazy and dangerous interpretation. So it's been a uh, tough, perhaps hard-hitting lesson, and I realize by now I might have lost some of you who uh, just have become accustomed to hearing something else. But the podcast is called Starting with Scripture and the answers to correct teaching and the answers to correct church practice start with scripture. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. God bless.